after this week, uh, hopefully our latest user group today is December 11th, uh, and we do have an internet connection. Something happened. Oh, the table is at one. It's only been 30 days of night. It's day 11 right now, so the previous in this whole thing we get for you. So, uh, how are we doing? Somebody's Good. Good. Shall we go around the room? Anyone's What did I do? Oh, I installed a new. Uh oh. VMware. Uh oh. 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 Uh, the only thing was that uh, on my virtual machine I had all the VMware tools and that's why we were working that, how do you call it, transparency uh, mode or whatever, community mode, I guess community mode is good enough. Uh, I had that soon. We had some good tools and I couldn't find that. So I can even sign up for an uh, evaluation group. Is it a Tools should be actually open source. It's just an ISO file. Yes. Okay. So, uh, what else is that? I don't think so. Well, I did the new butter. Bake some beer. Bake some beer. Bake some beer. Thank you very much. Bake some beer. Bake. Bake. We've got to use this terminology here. Okay, I bake some beer. Uh, and it was a lot of day over that day. Uh, then uh, on Sunday night, the beer run out again. Like, oh, and so, uh, I had to catch it again. So, uh, that was about the technology problem. And here's a new guy. Oh, he's not new guy. I'm not new guy. I'm just here occasionally, guy. Okay. <laughs> But I fixed the router, so... Oh, yeah. I'll buy a beer. I'll take it. You can 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 take it. You 1100 milliseconds on pings to google.com, so obviously we're all fighting the same spectrum here a little bit. Um, one of the cool things I did this week is I rebuilt a RAID 5 array uh, using Red Hat Enterprise Linux 12.1. Who lost the disk? What's that? Who lost the disk? The corrupt superblock was the issue. So um, we tried to um, recover it with the file system intact, but unfortunately, there was like, you know, whenever a super block is created, it's automatically backed up in like six or seven other super blocks. And then you can do like a um, E2 FSEK, and it is dash B. 
to copy the block over to the original location. And then from there, you should be able to run like an FSDK and mount the, the directory and everything to test the integrity of the file system. But unfortunately, it was kind of a no-go. So I had to uh, delete the array in the, uh, the, the controller card and then rebuild the entire array from scratch, which basically writes off, rewrites all of the blocks from scratch on all of the drives. And it was 446 gig, scuzzy 15,000 RPM system for our clients in the cities. But basically, completely recreated the array and then reinstalled the operating system and then restored everything from tape using the Pretty fun. And, yeah. So if you lose the supervisor, that's going to be on more than one disk. It should be in more than one location. They're spursed out with several locations. Um, I think the command is in just about every distribution, so you can test it out. I think it's e2fsck-n to simulate, and then you can see where the block is and then where the, uh, where the rest of the backup blocks are. And then do on def b to actually commit. And then you can do uh, just a process and check from there and then remove if that fixes it. But if it doesn't, then you're much screwed from what I learned. Anyways, did that and also uh, uh, found out that Ubuntu 8.04 is the winner of choice when trying to restore and repair uh, Vista file systems. And my, my uncle has a Vista Home Premium on his laptop and it crashed, saying, you know, Vista's trying to fix the problem, whatever, their utility, and just sits there and processes and processes and processes. And I tried different distros and I tried Nopix and I tried 7.04, but 8.04 was the winner, something about local TFS support or something like that, but was able to not drive anywhere. I booted off the just the CD without actually destroying you know, the data. Whatever, plug in an external drive, mounted it using the force command with you know the switch for NTFS, and then it could see the files and write to the drive just like the native operating system could, and it just copied. And it didn't you know what the you know what the it's corrupt, corrupt DLL files, and so this it wouldn't move, but to get around that, you got all this QuickBooks files back by, uh, you know, mounting it. So any of the other distributions what happened, it just wouldn't... Yeah, they've been doing NTFS, as Google just been involved in, so they didn't make it a better option. Forget what it was like. Uh, really, a couple of different geos, anyway. Like, well, yeah, that was them. the. Um, so, so the, I think it was that originally a project that was combined with the user space file system project that we were going to install, but then it broke off. Some of them, yeah. some some of the uh, distributions didn't even boot on this drive. You know, just shows the splash screen where it says start or install. You hit start without installing, and it just kind of. Yeah. right there trying to recognize the drive or the chipset or something like that so some, yeah, something wasn't compatible but 8.04 was new enough that it had whatever hardware that it was looking for it was able to boot it and force it and our sync it there's always more version there no 810 is up 810 is up like 210 so you need to come here more often I'm sorry I brought it along to upgrade. It is 810. That's the one that I use. Oh, okay. 
because I'm going to oh. upgrade my partition is pretty sweet. And I like that. I like the uh, and the wireless support that worked right out of the box. Out of everything worked out of the box. The eyesight worked out of the box. Oh, really? Wireless out of the box. Can I upgrade it from the CD? Not I, I didn't try to upgrade that question. So okay. I've done both. You can do it. I, but I don't know how to do it. I don't know what I did. Did, did you boot it right out of the CD and then just read it? And then just no, there was, if you would look at there was something. Oh, there's an opportunity to take your repository and point it to the CD. Yeah. That might be easier because the wireless being slow. Yeah. 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 And if you have your own on separate uh, partition, so you reinstall it and all your stuff out there. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. How about you? Oh, it was a pretty slow week, actually. I, I sort of did some preparation stuff. Anybody know what Alice is? It's a program. Is that the one in uh, there, was, there was one of the, we mentioned this, one of the newsletters, and that's mentioned it. No, it's a, it's a, it's a programming language to learn programming that CMU developed, and uh, I, I downloaded it. It's very simple to install. And I'll tell you how it uh, works after I get a chance to tool around with it. And I also downloaded some of those uh, Java music things. Uh, there's that guitar chord assistant and uh, something called Skink, which is an ABC uh, file editor. They run in Java. It's a little complicated because they like some of the older. Well, actually, the one likes. I'm running that 710, so I had to put uh, six or five, I guess something but five or better to run the one, and something less than four to run the other. <laughs> so I have two, you know, Java runtime environments that I have to point at the right file there. So. It's really, really, really nice if you want to do something within within what they've thought of what you want to do. But as soon as you want to do something external, uh, no. It's pretty, you're, you're kind of limited with what you can do, but the stuff that you can do, you can do it extremely simply. It's the magic. If you want to do what the magic was intended, it's fine. But if you want to do something that you can do, right. then uh, you might as well just do it. How about always comments? Can I use that? Potentially. Um, there's a guy that goes to my church who um, wants to set up uh, a website to. Um, do as a ministry. He's, a, he's the youth leader uh, for the, like, the children's praise and worship, and he wants to. Jack yeah, Lamar, Sherry Pepsi. Yep. Um, he wants to set up uh, a website using WordPress, um, and then he wants to be able. He recorded two CDs now. He wants to set his CDs on a website. So he's taking it using WordPress and OS Converse. The it's all pretty new to me, so I'm curious to know if anyone else has done anything like that. Because there was a there was a PHP uh, e-commerce which is a 
Sourdough supposedly has a heritage that goes back to like you know the wagon train days and the starter. Yeah, I'm somebody who used to make his own starter just out of like wherever he used to make a lot of local starters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeast in, uh, in the air, and depending mm-hmm. on where you are, the, your sourdough bread will taste very good. Yeah. Oh yes, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we actually have two different starters, and this one we hadn't made. We have to keep. Uh, Taking stuff out, you, you you can't you know, and so you have to too much So this one we kind of hadn't made any bread out of for a while, so there's a procedure to unset, un unpolluted and restart it, and so we had it, it takes a little bit of doing, but it's it's easy to do. So that's what we. The woman was on the Oregon Trail. It's practically indestructible. They dry it out. Yeah. And actually, they said the crop food. Well, I suppose they made it through broken wagon wheel, dysentery. These are the people who died. Yep, just the people who eat survive. Like cockroaches and things. It will survive no matter what. Yep, yeast in the Oregon Trail. If you if you want to buy that computer, you're 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 um I'm jumping up and down for that. Nobody wants that. Dude, nobody wants that. I'm not going to buy a Dell from that uh, adult smoking hippie. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you hear that kid who did all those dude, you're getting a Dell commercial? Oh, yeah, you get busted for, 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 for um, possession. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. Didn't make any more commercials after that. No, he's not missing out from his tongue. Sorry, this is so off topic, but it's so also frustrating that the governor of Illinois is saying business as usual. I just got out of prison, but um, I'm not going to leave no matter what you say. Yeah, I'm gonna take you'll have to bribe uh, yeah, as much as I can. As yet, he was already under investigation two years ago. And instead of stopping <laughs> taking bribes, he says, no, I'll just keep doing it even more and more. Like, okay, so. still <laughs> And they're talking about the legislature is talking about the possibility of looking into impeachment. Yeah, they're actually, they're also the. 
Is it's it is actually it, supported by both. Is it dedicated or is it yeah. not? It's one of the, it's a Express 1200 or whatever. Upgradable? No. No. Wishful thinking. And I wish. But anyway, at least the wireless works. Free, free wireless, didn't have to use NDIS wrapper or anything. Driver just worked. Um, I was playing some more with Mono Develop. Playing some more with Mono Develop. So did you find out that it's debugging? Yeah, it can't debug. See, it's got it is a great user interface, except for there is no integrated debugger yet. So you say debug mono? No, you don't do anything. Yeah, you you can't write bugs. Bugs are not supported. Mono develop. Mono develop. Exactly. Currently, what you have to do is you have to use the command line debugger and you have to type in the commands by hand using the command line debugger. They're working on the debugger. They've got it. It just doesn't work with the release. Supposedly there was a release like about two weeks ago that now has the integrated debugger working, but it's not in the repositories yet and I don't want to have to go becoming one of the de facto standards on, in these distributions. On one side, also, that's, that's one side, even though that they were late for dinner. Uh, yeah. The other side is that uh, a lot of enterprises have a lot of code written in Java. Yes. So and it, is, it is not just uh, one, two pages, you know, like dot net something, you know. Those are the whole enterprise ERP systems. So Just because you got to go through six layers. And that's why you need to use a pretty different uh, framework. Mm. You know, they are compatible with that. Never mind. But anyway, that model developed actually looks really, really good. And once they get the integrated developer, I mean, that's, that's going to take over as the uh, development IDE for Linux, I'm pretty sure, because it has support for the standard auto-make tool chain as well, not just model only. Well, I think that uh, I think it started as a project in uh, Yeah, I think it actually started off as uh, Sharp Develop. I think that's what it was called, and then they then they um, split from that and created Mono Develop. Yeah. And I think it is here that you will be able to have multiple uh, languages, something like Eclipse. Is that it? Um, I think so. Oh, there's a there's a uh, alpha for Opera 10. I think I read it. It's supposed to be 30% faster. And also passes acid test to 100%. Uh, acid acid free. Yep. But then I, I read somebody downloaded it and that was uh, that wasn't that excited about it. It's alpha. So yeah, usually Opera's alphas are pretty good. So. After board and want to take a look at it, download it. 
If not, I think, yeah, I'm not very much on all the way so I'll wait. Thank you. Cool. How about you, Amanda? Um, not too much. Been working. We uh, went up to the city and saw the musical Wicked this weekend. Musical what? Wicked. Wicked. Tells the stories about the um, Wicked Witch of the West and the Good Witch growing up in the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, the backstory. Yeah. They were they were roommates in college. Yeah. I was always wondering. I leave. Was it in Walker House at the Art Center? No, it was at the uh, Orpheum in the Nam. Very good. I think they won. And that's it? Cool fun stuff? Any GPS tracking in the Sub Zero Freezing Center? We should do that once. Go for a win- do a winter cash. That'd be fun. That would be fun. Yeah, we'll do that sometime. But not yet. Not, not yet. yet. Okay. You do the ones around the lakes then too. Oh yeah, the ones on the islands. islands. Yeah. The there's, there's actually one up on the, an island up at uh, Lake Wasota. Does the lake What? Does the lake Lake Wasota freeze? I hope so. We'll send the man out first. Yeah. Oh, it depends on the area. We'll send uh, Esther. <laughs> Wait, I don't know about this. Don't worry, we'll just one here. We'll give you inflatables. Oh, okay. Around the arms, see out there like this with your coat on. Just swim, mix it on that too. I want to try. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But I, but I did, I did just get an email from ThinkGeek. And ThinkGeek is the website. And one of the things they have is a. The photo frames that you can visual photo frames. This one is Linux. Um, Interesting. It's got a touch screen, and you can get in, and, and it's a basically a mini computer, but they made it to a photo frame, so you can put a Flickr account on there and get things to it, and you can. That's one of the things. So you do you can log in your Gmail account. So that's so that's got wireless on it too. It's got wireless. It's uh, 239, and it is a 10 inch. Oh God, that's It's very close to a regular photo frame. Tell Brusky about that. Okay. He might actually yeah. just go and buy that because he was looking for something. I was some cool. dedicated PC yeah. that's got a touch screen or like a kitchen Recipe. for recipes okay. and such. Well, this and one says it's got the Wi-Fi. It it's got the Wi-Fi. Um, Wi-Fi built in 800 by 600. Um, full touch screen. Linux-based, um, 802.11 BMG, one gig internal memory, um, auto-synchronization with Flickr, um, email photos to the frame, Windows Live brand support for photos, news, and weather, um, USB mass, mass storage connectivity, MP3 support to play music, and auto power saving. Fox, so Mark, Probably because so everybody is very tall. Is that right? Right? That's why I come right on the top. No, over more to the right. It says right. ideal, your right column. Over. Third one down. There you go. That's the guy. That is not bad at all for a price. No, for, uh, for having a touch screen? For a touch screen. And you said 10, 10 inch screen. Yeah, I think it's a really good size. 800 by 600, and it doesn't say the size, but every 800 by 600 touch screens I've seen are all 10 inch. And eight, the way it actually, 8 inch. 
Is that it? Eight no, inch okay. digital LCD. So, but that's not that big. It's right there. Yeah. Four by three, so a little bit taller than that. Yeah. A little bit taller square. So it looks like it's got the keyboard pad, or I mean, yeah. the image for a keyboard on there to type in stuff. Um, and it's Linux, so you can do whatever you want with it, really. You can wipe it and put Ubuntu on it. One, one gig. <laughs> so you can compile on it. The cool thing is you can even pull up the Google account. So you I mean you don't even need to have a PC. I mean, you just have to run it all the time. You just check your Google real quick and we'll flip it back to photos or something. Oh, I'll figure that new button next week. What have you got on the run? Bobby around? Yeah, what's the deal with next week? That was going to be Eric's house, right? But see, maybe. Was, that was going to be at my house at one point too. But uh, it was. I think that yeah, either one was an option. But well, we would need to know. Next week I couldn't do it because I can't guarantee I'll be around at night. Then the will take time off. Oh, okay. Anything else? Nope, nothing else. Nothing else. How does the popcorn second work? I mean, it takes place that one either. Or the little call of duty. So that's what it is. I'm still working over there. How about the wings? Good enough. Yeah, that's what it is. You want to see what I was doing this week? Go to This is, we've been configuring this over the last two or three weeks. 
two days a week in my attended class. So we have a DMZ with the three servers, and then that connects to um, our Wausau cord, <laughs> which it's all in the same room, but it's they're separated. It's three separate racks with T1 lines between the three Cisco, yeah, some giant Cisco 7500 routers. Separate IP schemes, too. What was that? Separate IP schemes, too. Yep. It's all um, private IP. <coughs> all of our workstations in our lab are connected to it. And we have a few different servers running random stuff. Uh, we have a server with uh, um, connected to a couple cameras that are streaming security, basically security feeds to our lab. Do you have demos of the feeds in the ceiling? Um, that was one of the things we didn't end up getting off was the feeds. We just had a car. It's twice a week. There's two different sections, and we only work twice a week for two hours. And we have to work on that network design class. So we configured all the routers. We also have the T1 links. So secured everything down. All the switches are set up with port security. Um, tomorrow's our last day of class in setting up ACLs. So let's say you have their three servers in DMZ. So uh, if you would have any database server, what is why that would be in DMZ? The database server probably wouldn't be in DMZ because you don't actually your workstation in general, I don't think, connects to the database server. Meaning the web server interface means that database. you have you have a web application. Yeah. So, but you're not connecting to the database server. You're, you know, you, you go to the website and the web. The database server should never be in the DMZ. Yeah. Well, you don't, want, you don't have direct access to it, yeah. so yeah. it doesn't have to be in the DMZ. Yeah. I'm not talking about enterprise database. I'm talking about uh, the database which is driving your website. Right. Yeah. Right. It should it should be in the DMZ because yeah. anything that doesn't need. External access doesn't go into direct direct access. So right, your web server that's in the DMZ would reference your database that's not in the DMZ. That way you're not hacked. They still can they still have to go through a major firewall to get to your database. Yeah. You probably lock it down on the port that it's connected to. Um, so that you know only traffic from such and such port on such and such IP and such and such Mac can get access to this interface. You know, right. Yeah. Secure it on the set of the yeah. app firewall. That only allow this PC, this yeah, access control. Yeah, and you can even refine that down to this computer or this MAC address or this range of IP addresses can connect to this server at, well, only at this port and stuff like that. Or this, um, but if somebody would hack the HTTP server, then they would have to converse to uh, a database server. They act the DHCP server? No, the web server. If they hack the web server, then they would be able to access the, the, the database server because the web but, server. But you can set your database server up to say, the database server may have dual purpose and stuff, so you can set like only a database for that web portion. Yeah, it depends on web, how it's going to connect to it and stuff. I mean, you can set up 
So even if they had Wait, one server, they still have to know more passwords to get yeah. through to the SQL database. Mm-hmm. But then server would have the password. It would, but but you may be only you can set it up for one that does certain things. Yeah. If it's authenticating, it's still encrypted on the web server, though. You know, even if you could change it, like say the web server's coming, it's running Apache or some flaw or something like that. So they run some exploit and they get root access on the HTTP device. So they could change the password on the website, but they then couldn't. That wouldn't. That wouldn't change the shadow file on the database side, and it wouldn't change. No, the but to be able for the web server to log in, it's got to have a password for the database. The web server will have some boxes that go to the database. But if you compromise that server, you just run, do whatever you're trying to do off of that server. You you could be, yeah, you should be able to do everything that the web server was doing to SQL. So you may not be able to get past. You know, you may still only be a user on the database and not be able to get into an actual man or something. So since you have this up, the real test is that you just have to do your website. I did a repo on diet. So your real test is we start hacking right now on the website to see if we get in the server. Right now, it's actually not very complicated. And then the other thing I've been working on, which is also really interesting, at work they gave me, uh, my boss gave me this little box that says, three or four things you can work with. Like, find out what this does, give me a report tomorrow. So I look into it. It's actually pretty cool. I don't know where they found it. It's a serial to Ethernet converter that you can basically use it for a raw serial tunnel over Ethernet. We've done we do that in our factory. Yeah. For example, we'll have we'll have scales, we'll waste scales on the factory floor. Thank you. And. You, you, your serial only runs 50 foot at maximum. So you put this on there, you yep. stick it on the network, and now any device in the factory can access it. Like as long as they have an airport box, or you can, you, you can actually do a, it's called, you can get software that will do a COM port reflex that will connect. I mean, basically how it works is the telemass into the box, and then open the raw serial connection through that telemass from here. So, so what's this device called, is, and how do you go buy one? Because I've got a couple of older, old, I mean, really old, large format, you know, plotters, uh, and uh, they're serial, you know, straight serial. And it's a pain in the ass because it's very hard to get you machines. You can't buy a computer anymore with a serial. Right. You can't. But besides, I mean, it's just hard to get it near something that you can hook up a serial cable to. It'd be a lot easier to do it on the internet. So let's say like the uh, scanner, market uh, scanner, those are serial devices. Anything what is more in the manufacturing or as far as devices like that. Yeah, but my question is, are they sold commercially? Yes, yes they are yeah. sold commercially. And, and they cost how much about? They're like, there was, that one, yeah, it's not cheap. It's sort of like 150, 170 bucks. Same as the guitar stone class. <laughs> Probably not as much fun, but... <laughs> but it was kind of cool you could actually set up it would run a web server that will monitor 
different variables over that serial line, and you can actually monitor whatever's running. And you have to write the website, but you can update. You know, you can change settings. Do you want me to find out the brand Yeah, please. You know, a good reliable one would be nice. Let me talk, let me talk about stuff like that. Is there any device? Well, let's say like you are measuring temperature. Is there any device for to actually record the temperature in, the, let's say, in each half an hour intervals? Yes. Oh yeah. What's that GPIB stuff? You want to get a GPIB? It's a general purpose information bus card and some sort of. There's various kinds of software. That'll, you can pretty easily program somewhere in the USB or serial, and you can use your PC to collect the data, or somewhere just name all the devices that will collect data and you later collect, connect up to them and pull the information off. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's lots of, not lots, but there's quite a few vendors in there. So like, yeah, I'm trying to think what, yeah, what was right, the big one that did the GPIDs for, uh, for the Hewlett Packard plotters? I mean, I'm trying to remember the name of that company. It's been so long since I've looked at it. But it's, I think it's national data or something like that. Anybody that sounds right. National semiconductor, maybe? No, no, national, no, national, no national scientific. No, some with national and, and the word data in the full title. I have a cat. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and it's it, the GPIBs are very solid. I mean, and they're they're very easy devices to use and program. You know, it's, uh, you, you know, you can just run GW Basic and, and, and use it. Just open a port to it. Okay. Oh, we have a few more minutes. No, I was on. Okay. How about you? I a lot of flat this week. You've got a lot of black and a lot of black. Well, 70 games of black. Well, how many, how many, how many movies that, like, three TVs? Um, I don't know, more all of your audio losses. They can transfer it to whatever you want. And some of the crap is not possible. Do you, do you really have speakers big enough to actually hear things? I just never did it right, so but this did it right the first time because I'm a player, I can see everything. 
Means that there were no brains in those music brains. And there's actually a, a shared music uh, owner's library. Well, you can you can have a network. Uh, you have a server, and the network will find the that protocol. It has an Android. Uh, Put your anger in the banshee. Banshee's good. Other than that, Al is back on my desktop. My BAC, I took on the theme for my BAC. That's a big Al clock, so that BAAC. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I found a theme for it, so you turn your clock into Al. Okay, correct. That's Al. BAAC. It's soothing to me. I got a question. I read. I just remembered. I ran across a little tool this week that fascinated me. It's called a zero-conf service discovery utility. And I started running it at home, and it didn't do. I mean, I always have things running on this. I don't know what they're doing. So I see something that says service discovery. I get it. See if it tells me any of these things that are running on my computer. What they did. Well, nothing showed up at home. But now. Something showed up. It says VNC remote access, Adam's remote desktop on Adam's laptop. And I click on it, and a, and a very interesting little little thing comes up here. And maybe somebody could tell me, what is this telling us? Tell, oh, wait a minute, it's not doing it now. Did you shut it off, Adam? No. <laughs> yeah, no, wait a minute. I did something with it before. You know, you know, works on NSA, you know. Okay, here, here, here it is. This whole window shows up. And it tells me all kinds of stuff. Now, what is that? What is that actually telling me here? I mean, you know, that you. It says VNC viewer free edition for X built September 10th, so and so, and then it's got all kinds of it's other help, stuff it's here. It's the help file. The the convention for connecting to VNC as a client. Right. Isn't displaying or showing all the options that it needs. So why does that show up? Why does that show up when I click on this little thing that says Adam's remote desktop? Probably, probably the distribution has some little applet that automatically runs and looks for VNC connections. Mm -hmm. So it tries to create with like the default config and then, you know, doesn't doesn't connect. So it dumps out like this is probably a lot of the stuff this we do like command dash help or command or just look at and it displays in all of the options that you can run for the command. What does it kind of plugs into other programs? Like yeah, open a VNC client program that zero comp will actually go out and Oh, okay. uh, one being gray or whatever will actually present to you what's available on the network. Well, happen with Pulse Audio too. Pulse Audio's got zero comp built in. If you have Pulse Audio on multiple network devices, it will show up on that, and you can connect to other devices and play sounds over your network using that. Right. Well, right. well I do I do VNC stuff a lot from one computer to the other because I don't like to walk over there and do something like update a virus file, you know. So, mm -hmm. but uh, I, I've just never done it over like you know. I mean, there's ways you can do it through SSH yeah, and stuff like that. <laughs> right. So actually, this doesn't really tell me. This doesn't really tell me anything, really. That is, if it really any use, unless I already know what it is. Is that what it's? Is Does that what we're telling? Program itself. Yeah, the, the yeah. ZCom yeah. service. Yeah, they service. have a VNC client. The ZCom just discovers it, and makes it available for other. 
the client. In, in reality, God already scanned for your open source. Right. Well, that's okay. He, he already made a backup. <laughs> well, he didn't take half of the interesting stuff then, really. Well, you know, he just made a backup. You know, just <laughs> way more interesting things on just the open source. You know? <laughs> right. 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 Speed of business. Actually, I think yesterday they had a presentation. They like talking about SharePoint. 
could have then taken care of the news record. Then go. I've not. Might not have been version three of SQLite. Did you try 4KDB? 
Hitachi's minutes. No, uh, sequel light is embedded yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, but Rekka DB was supposed to be very good. Okay. Like, SQLite is the database is, like, Firefox uses it internally for all their settings and everything. Does it have dot, does it have dot, no, oh, it's Java-based, can't use it. It's got to have dot net bindings. I don't know, it's Oracle only right now, but it's still open source, so you can get it, uh, I don't know. It's got to have dot net bindings. Actually, we've already got SQLite approved, so that's it. It's approved, don't touch it. Okay. It'll, it'll get unapproved. Okay. Once it's approved, that's it. Okay. <laughs> sure. Shall we go on a newsletter? Just for ads and gentlemen, uh, I want to say that Python 3.0 is released. <laughs> that's supposed to be like almost a complete, or not, not a complete rewrite, but it's not supposed to be able to do error, you know, caching. Oh, no, repeating. <gasps> You must I, be excited. I, I heard of. Is that what they did? I thought you were just saying that. I thought you were saying that's like one of the big features. I Run from the prompt. You they did say something about that. The developer said something. That's why three is so different. Is because they are going to force you into a more of a methodology. Yeah, that's what it's generally for. You know, you, you are sort of molded in a certain shape, and then you can complain about it right Python, and people get fed up with all the crap they got written because they made it so loose, they can go back to it. Yeah, it does. It's you to actually catch exceptions. Yeah, yeah. exceptions. Love, yeah. love exceptions. Uh, that's it. Totally. Oh, Those try catches are so awesome when you're writing them out, though. Try, catch, IO exception, comma, SQL exception. You don't need just one that. Just, just exception. You just catch exceptions and then bury them. Yeah, you just bury all your exceptions. I need to start writing try catching some of my JavaScript. That's both things. Well, that's, that's JavaScript. You just wrap all of your JavaScript in one big try-catch loop, and that's pretty much it. If you get error occurs, give up. If you're using, you know, some browser to go handle a session, so most of you can have to develop for it. Some browser want to do that. Or is it going to be fast? One big try-catch. This site doesn't work without the browser. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was an article about, uh, let's talk about Python 3.0. So it was more, in, uh, I think the first article was just a statement, just believe that uh, the other one was more what it means. It was quite like the article. Where did Python stem from? It was always Python, and it was developed as a learning language. I was going to say, in the terrible learning language. Yes, yes. And it just kind of grew into the It looks like it's kind of based loosely off of Perl. Some idea, well, everything's based off of some idea of Perl. Or C. Perl's from C. Yeah. And that's from O. Yeah. C++ came from Smalltalk. And actually, C kind of came from Pascal as well. And Pascal came from Cobalt, Cheyenne, or Cobalt. I don't know. Cobalt came from the other The other thing I can tell you about Alice, by the way, is it's an object-oriented language. Oriented. Somebody called also Cobalt as an object-oriented. 
I know at one point I'd seen like a poster of all the programming languages and where they oh, all yeah. came from. Kind of like the same thing for, you know, the where the, 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 yeah, the Linux is. Like yeah. the <laughs> you know, that might have been where I saw it. <laughs> yeah, at the end of the third book, it had all the programming languages. I'll see if I can't find it here. It'll be a while. Okay. Don't wait. So let's, let's go on to the next article. And it was that uh, IBM decided to include Ubuntu uh, of their desktop uh, offerings. Did someone read that? I read a different article and I thought it sounded pretty interesting. Basically, they were really advertising it as hey, here's a Microsoft replacement. There was something with a with a VM component. Oh, I, I think it is, is I think they're advertising it that this is a not a virtual machine, but this is a thin client that goes on the blade servers. Okay. So they dish it out to the to the, the community or to the the business, each client is, you know, what residing is on a server, it's not really on, it's like a third external server type thing. Yes. Um, but it's an Ubuntu distribution with the whole Lotus suite of nodes and streams, you know, the whole world, so you have all your business applications, but from an IBM. So yeah, that's, why, that's why the IBM actually uh, took the open office and started the same hour What's that? I think they call it symphony. Yeah. I like the only bad issue is that there's no client for the you know, email client for in the closed notes or symphony. So I think that's what is missing from Office Suite is the client. So there was actually this big announcement. It's going to get wiped then. <laughs> what could you get better than? Uh, RPM all the way. <laughs> I'm sorry. Are there, are there any vendors that maybe they have store? No, I don't know. Uh, I can't uh, name it. You can, you can find the I didn't know any of the big players were, you know, trying out Red Hat like that. I'm not aware of it. Red Hat's been back for Portland. Yes, but I think where they could not overcome the challenge was the Flexus. And uh, for whatever reason, they want to buy a political class and they want to strike a deal with Microsoft. And they just ran out of the day. They deal with Red Hat. They want to screw us in the dish it out. And they support Red Hat. And they roll out. I'll see what you want to do. So there was an article about media edit, editing uh, on Linux. Tried that in uh, OpenOffice 3. The importing it actually works really well. Yeah. I, I I want to say the same thing that actually the I was in a PDF uh, in Open Office uh, plugin that worked pretty good. Did you you have two or three? three. Okay. Three. I don't know if the plugin works for two two, but two two. Uh, but uh, I thought it was like something native that came in three. No, you have to have the plugin. So well, you must came pre-installed then. 
Maybe it was installed yeah. with distribution. Yeah, because I it just worked. Yes. But there are multiple multiple uh, other programs that are being used. I think they should put seven of them. Six, seven, no, six. Open out the PDF and go. He's the last one. Open out the suite, which is the same thing. PDF and Well, they were talking about the PDF juggler. It, it, we knew juggler. If you remember, one time we were talking about names of, uh, of uh, uh, open source programs. Yeah, that they don't make sense. And uh, oh. uh, there is a juggler which is based on Acrobat. Because Acrobat, everybody knows as well. So I think it's fine. So straightforward. Never mind. Let's get over Yeah. Um, 
I'm only at one hour and fifty-seven minutes from that one. Got something to do. Okay. That's why my internet all of a sudden died. That three point eight seconds. Yeah, I got the other three point three over here. You guys quit. I was messing with like my MTU trying to get like a better, you know, I like set it down to 200. I'm like, maybe this will work. Smaller packets. No, doesn't do anything. Set them back up. He should know that. I was trying to install. I was installing the handshake because I wanted to see what it was like. So it's small. Do libraries. There was an article that uh, Firefox has a head-on, which is displaying Word 2000 document. What was interesting about it was that uh, it was Microsoft who wrote this uh, head-on. Okay, there's Word and PowerPoint. That's the rest of the thing. We don't care about that. Then there was an article about this uh, open office. It's going to have uh, UI uh, interface change. Is that going to read that? I looked through it. No, that's cool. Won't happen for a, for quite a while. They say it's going to be more of an ongoing thing than a more of a story of industry. Yeah. Yeah, there will be screenshots for a while, at least like a 3.2 or 3.3 release. Is it that people try to, to match up with a uh, ribbon? Yeah, Microsoft did a ribbon, so now they have to do it. They're going to do a ribbon? Uh, they they yeah, haven't said what they're going to do, but no, just from, the, from the way it was written, they're like, oh yeah, Microsoft did this ribbon idea and it really cleaned up the UI, and I'm like, oh, what? Uh, are they saying that they like the UI? Yes. So sudden? Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, they should learn from this. So they should have learned yeah. from OpenOffice 7. You don't make that many changes in one shot. You got to... Well, they're, they're they're organize, we organize our menus and stuff like that. They're not going to just traditional change, change everything. It's going to be... Everything. It's like it just sucks. It just plain sucks. It's not from some of the reviews, though, of people who've never used Office, they like the ribbon better. But then it's, it's always what people learn from the first time. Right. Mm-hmm. There's that point my wife uses it, and she likes it, but she doesn't know what she's doing. Right. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. 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 This is actually this is just a part of it too. It's bigger than that, but it's got. So who's the root languages? The root languages starting off. Howl, Fortran, November of 1954. Wow. Um, that was really the first one. Then some of the other ones, B O, and that actually turned into Cobol, and then Algol, and then Lisp, and then from that Snowball. And then BASIC showed up, and CPL, Simula, PL1, Mumps, Logo, Pascal, Smalltalk. Where did Pascal come from? Uh, Pascal came from, let's see, where was it? Algol 68. So it did come from Cobalt. 
And, and actually, actually, Al Gold came from Fortran. Right? Oh, okay. So Pascal actually came from Fortran. And then C plus, let's go with the C, C plus plus. Um, that came from CPL, which came from Algol as well, previous to splitting off the Pascal. So we should be teaching teaching four times of this language. Huh? Um, and punch cards or something. All right. Oh, sorry. Yes. I, I guess. Make our students appreciate it with a higher level language. And actually, a good amount of languages. Punch cards from CMU, you know, yeah. people walking around with trays of these yeah. things, you know, and don't drop it. Yeah, listen, listen, yeah, it's really a, it's a catastrophe. And there's, you know, those big wide pieces of paper with the, you know, ratchet balls. Java originally was called Oak. Yes, that's why I, that's why I said Oak. Which came from Smalltalk and Cedar. Go figure, right? That's my Oak. Um, C and Objective C. Huh. Yeah, Python actually is deriving from C++. C++ yeah. too. Python came from C, ABC, Modula 3. Um, there's a C++ here. It doesn't really list it on this one, but... Yeah, the big basic ones were basically list Algol 60 and Fortran 1. I mean, that's really the yep. three sections of the tree. What did list turn into? List? Uh, scheme? Um, on the list? A little bit of small talk. Small talk is a scheme language. Pretty much that's about it. <laughs> yeah. So where does C came from? Fortran? Fortran. C, C comes from Algol. Yeah, CPL, which this came from Algol. But Fortran really, Algol even really comes from Fortran, from the early Fortran. Yep. So Fortran is really the, the daddy of it all. So shall we go on that one, Basic doesn't have any arrows at all. It didn't come from anything, and it didn't go anywhere. It's just one big line. Basic. Basic. That's it. It came from somewhere. They call it hell. <laughs> Where to go? Hell. You can. So shall we move on? Thanks. Thank you for the history lesson. Yeah, I'll save a copy of that. Yeah. Does anybody want a printable PDF of 150 of these languages? I'll give you the URL for it. Yeah, this, this one's fairly <laughs> big. Post one and put it up in your this one, they, they said they were actually giving it out to conferences for a while. Yeah, where, what, what is that? This is from O'Reilly. Oh, O'Reilly. Oh, my. Yeah. 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 So, shall we. All right, yeah, I'm done. Uh, there was something about uh, Songbird 1.0, and uh, it was sort of compared with the iTunes, and uh, it represent 1.0 in the games of memory usage. There was nothing mentioned about that. But you know, if you buy if you buy a 6 computer right now, one gig is nothing. 
Yeah, yeah. and what's iTunes? iTunes on in Mac is probably forty megabytes. Songbird was what's that hundred sixty? It is a browser. It, everything's written into it. You do see oh, it as yeah. well. ten of the best Songbird add-ons because you can only use about ten at a time before you run out of memory. Yeah. So you have to you pick and choose. You'll run two k. Actually, those those add-ons are pretty good. I've tried to use iTunes. If someone starts out maybe with us. You know, I, I like to have us integrated with the with the website. You know, what it's not point. I let's say you you plan and you go searching for a group so they came there and said, So there are this many songs, what do you want to do with them on that page? So it's like sort of like a I think for me is it comes in like music collection and this is a bunch of stuff on the internet. Yeah, it tries to, to get you more stuff to it. Yeah, and I think it was even plugin that you could uh, set up a website, like if you listen to you check out a lot of MP3 blogs, then you can basically turn it into an RSS feed, then you go and pull the website and download it. When you think about it, the Deezer uh, service, which we, well, if you kind of find out here about, it started as a, as a, as a blog on the big people who had music. What it does is, let's say you come to a website and you're looking for some artist, and uh, that it tells you, it actually scrapes through the, the website and says there are three songs you know, that you can listen to. You know, I think it's fair browser, you know, fair, fair uh, player. Yeah, it must be good. And uh, there was a uh, open source con- uh, content management systems, and uh, they would talk about some of them I knew. They talked about Joomla, they were talking about Alfresco. Does, does anybody know what Alfresco is? It's a content management, I think it's written in Java actually, and it's all geared towards enterprise. And uh, there's a community edition, and there's a uh, Easy publish. I think that was what I tried to do. WordPress, Juma, and then Razuna, or Razuna, Razun. They were saying that uh, it managed a lot of, uh, call it like uh, audio and video content. I don't know. I don't know if it's for publishing podcasts, but it was. Uh, I can check it out. I, if you want to publish the podcast, uh, some people are doing uh, WordPress, and uh, there was a there was a module. They, they, they do they do Drupal, and there was a module. That's one of the things I really like about Google is that it has the ability to it has this um, add-on in the control panel called Simple Scripts. Where you can just basically you click on it, you give the database a name, user's name and password, 
the book creates and the web app creates the database and sets everything up to tell what directory to go in and then from there you can manage it all. You don't have to manually edit any scripts or anything else to create a database or anything. It's just within, within a matter of a minute, I can set up a WordPress blog or a Drupal blog or a Joomla or any number of other ones. It's really slow. You know, you probably get a better speed than you just <laughs> It wasn't much worse. I'm downloading it 100 bytes a second. Yeah, no, it's lazy. It takes a little while. 200. What's your download speed? Uh, six. Six Well, the. And read five different people that I heard about the case that guy. Saw that he would use it as backup, and uh, they were saying it's unlimited uh, use uh, as long as you just don't use it as backup. Yeah. So then they could use the account and push it too much. Uh, the tax Christmas board we put is actually this guy here. So if somebody wants it, ho ho ho. Ho ho ho. Ho ho ho. Mr. Toe. Uh, there's a cheeky colors which is, I guess, out of the... I still have the background and the login theme for the cheeky. I think they just stole that, actually, the cheeky desktop background. It looks nice. It's blue and swirly. The cheeky thing is neat because it's a dark theme, but they left the white color window background. Oh, I'm sorry. There was nothing to text in it. So the menus and the, the headers and stuff are all yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the content is still right okay. So actually, there was a... There was actually a link to uh, the Christmas wallpapers in the background. So that's what it was. So you can have this guy here. And it was the total number of selection. Got the memory, might as well use it. Yeah, you're paying for it. Might as well use it. Well, you got to start up on the programs and see if the memory usage goes down. If it doesn't, then well, yeah, actually, the the guys from OpenSUSE was looking was looking for uh, a slab menu. Because I think the slab menu came from uh, OpenSUSE menu, and uh, he wasn't very happy because uh, uh, stuff was actually hard coded in the end. What order was hard coded? What's wrong with that? That's, that's my point. What's wrong with that? That's that's your maintenance right there. Yeah, that's, that's another thing. <laughs> yeah, security. <laughs> Take out the variables. Paste in the uh, paths. Yep. Take out the what? Take out all the variables 
Well, maybe you don't have variables, maybe everything's hard coded as a variable. Yeah, replacing variables with the path instead of, you know, instead of having the variables, you put a path hard coding in there. Well, that's all the And if there's an error, just close the application. Guaranteed maintenance revenue. No, what you do is you wrap it in try catches. No. Somebody told me a story about this company, and they said, our software does not crash. And they were adamant about it. And somebody actually got down to asking the developers, how does your software not crash? Oh, we wrap try catches around everything. So it can't crash. It catches the error. Because they consume the exception. Right. So it doesn't crash. It just it doesn't, do doesn't work right. Yeah. It just eventually just uses more memory and more memory and more memory. No, it doesn't even do it. It's just like, nope, there was an error. Yeah, but I'm not going to crash. Yeah. You consume the exception and you don't have to do anything. Yeah. You just bury it. You try it. It doesn't show any very waste condition. That's, that's but the software doesn't crash. If it hangs, that if I, I think they also crash. had like some type of system that monitored memory and just randomly killed things. I can't start. You're right. You can't do it. Uh, I think what it's meant to do though is a lot of this stuff is driven into setting up handles, or at least sort by. Um, see, that's where our has got it. Could be kind of a sorting mechanism or not. LastFM's got an interesting sorting method. LastFM for their online stuff, yeah. they have something called tags. You just assign a tag to it, and the tag is anything. Yeah. Anything you want, you you know, the type, what they sound like, whatever, but then other users can go on and search for tags. So you just go on, and then whenever you see a band, there's like a box that has like the different tags, and how... How many people have associated the tags? How big the text is? Is that how we call the northern kings? Yes, that's right. I call the northern kings. The northern kings are a Finnish uh, heavy metal vocalist supergroup. <laughs> they do, yeah. do classic eighties rock. Classic uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, I honestly have to say that I have found multiple bands on Last FM that I would have never heard about that I actually I purchased multiple albums. Really? Like I found yeah, I, I found Shadow Gallery on them and we're gonna have four of their albums next Actually, Actually, the member of the Finnish Kings and one of them are from And it was pretty much just uh, going on and starting up their sound flight radio, and it just goes through all the artists, people that say it sounds like that, and then I just made a list and said, yeah, these guys, I'll keep keep track of these guys for later. And then I went back and looked at some of their stuff, and it went, yeah, this is this is exactly what I want. And I would have never found it otherwise. Amarok has this uh, uh, service that you can book in that does sort of similar, where you all the music that you like over time and then it submits it to a database and you get back actually all what you like I'll show you that found is the same type of music that they like. Right here on the actually right in Banshee here they've got a last FM plugin. Yep. And as long as you're connected to Last FM, which apparently my network isn't good enough to do, it gives you is that your neighbors are? Yeah. As you're playing songs, it gives you this band sounds like these other bands okay. that you might be interested in, and gives you suggestions right in Banshee as you're playing. Have you turned on the uh, Scrabble? Yes. 
Yep. And, and that's the thing too. You scrabble your songs. So you can play your own music library. Yep. It said that's why I think you played this. Well, is that service? Yeah. So like, here's like a list of recently loved tracks, recently played, the top artists that I listened to, and then neighbors or other people recommended. I say you just need to add it. Uh, I hate music. And you can actually ban. You can ban stuff on there too. I ban all kinds of stuff. It's like ban, ban. I didn't ban Northern Kings. It's too much fun to listen to Finnish heavy metal superstars singing recently So it's actually got like a list of songs that are recommended here, and you can just go and you can play them right now, stream them off off their website. Yeah, I've heard of that. I've heard of that. Speaking of strange things, we have any other Screaming Jay Hawkins fans in the room? So check out Screaming Jay Hawkins. You'll find it unusual, to say the least. There's some YouTube stuff of him. He's got albums. He's a unusual. Unusual. Well, it's it's not heavy metal, but uh, it's loud. <laughs> Well, shall we keep on going? There was a there was a article about uh, Gico Priest. Gico Priest's educational suite for kids. So when you guys got married, and you know if there's anything, you know just just keep an eye on it because maybe you'll need it you know, one day. Uh, there is you know, how to how to install Kaden Live instructions. So. Uh, Yes. Yes. It has to. It absolutely has to. I gave up. I gave up. I gave up on that stupid script. It's like one of those stupid automatic, oh, we'll do everything for you. But if you don't know how the automate tools work like in intricate detail, it'll never get to work. So it's like, you, you know, you might as well just give me the command line automate tools and it probably would have worked. But no, you got wrapped all this gooey stuff around it. It's all written in Python. Oh, Python. Actually, what happened was, I first time I started it from GUI, error happened. I don't know what happened. So I ran it again. And it's not fast because it's compiling everything. It takes forever. So I ran it from a prompt. It gave a Python error. Python error because it was missing a dependency. It couldn't have told me it was missing the dependency. No, no the Python just aired out. It just goes away. So, yeah, I installed the dependency, ran it again, different error, different dependency. So I had to go out, and I, I did that about six times before I finally got all the dependencies, and then three-quarters of the way through, my build failed. Error in one of the files, and I'm like, I am not going to go in and fix their source code. I'm done. I've had to do that before. That's not fun. Well, you okay. have the same sort of experience with some of the same sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. Just, I, I, I have a heck of a time with databases. I just, I just, Professional one. But what is our order? Is it in C? 
Yeah. It's either, I think it's C++. Uh, it's a professional. It's like a audio multi-track audio recording tool. DAW. Yeah. Digital audio workstation. Yep. Oh, okay. There was another article that was about some Ubuntu system panel, which uh, I wasn't sure what it was, but it's supposed to be some kind of panel. <laughs> what is that? So it's it's huge. huge. It's, 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 it's larger. VAP. So Actually, it looks a lot like the, uh, the NIT menu, because you can monkey with the NIT menu. Yeah, so I think it is because here you're watching your system management stuff, and then you have your uh, user info, and then your applications, and maybe. Something that's always on the desktop? No, that, well. It's always in front, always on top. I think what it is is that the applet. It is what it is. And they are saying how you run it all. So you click click and expand it? Are they saying that they like it? <laughs> I think it's, like it's just combining a bunch of the menus. Basically, the menus that are already in the. Yes, it's just another menu. Let's just throw it all in one panel and be done with it. Yeah. So it's always in front of what it looks like. That, um, I used to have a similar to that here, actually. I don't like it for most things. No, you can slap, don't you? This, uh, that's, yeah, I kind of slap on here right now. And I just keep my top 10 programs in it. So I think you don't have that this huge boring thing with the stuff you usually sit there and have the, the simple known tiny drop down that shows you a huge list of everything off of the site because my, my resolution is that we're doing an store so I'll pan up throw your shortcuts along the top and yeah. you're done. I'm not a fool. Put your panel on the side. Yeah. Screen's wider anyway. I need the real estate. Panel on the side. Do what Fedora used to do and make your panel on the bottom like 48 pixels tall and get rid of the top panel and you're set. I don't really like the panels on top, panels on bottom. A lot of wasted space. Is, a lot of wasted space. And especially since your screen is already super wide. First thing I do is I so much space is wasted on the top of the bottom, right? and everything is vertical oriented. So you're only using, you know, part of your screen this way, and then the rest is all this wasted space, and then you got all this crap on the top and bottom. Well, we have there another article: How to install M Player and Multimedia Classes. Uh, even DVD CSS. Oh, there was an article about uh, about uh, uh, Handbrake, and that was the point. Okay, if Handbrake is not ripping DVDs right now, so what is the program for? So, because because they are using the VLC library, and VLC library needs to have uh, lift uh, DVD CSS. Yeah, the nice thing with Handbrake is it already has a predefined format. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so they have a library of devices. So now Handbrake will no longer be able to use Not unless you have VLC loaded. VLC loaded. And Linux unit also DVDs. Yeah, so they used to have their own live, their own DVDs. Yeah, we were talking about that. They probably still have a version. 
Caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.